Hello and welcome to the Sunday Jumpstart Podcast, a weekly podcast helping goal getters ditch the excuses, do the work, and make it happen. My name is Jessica Lauren and you are listening to episode number 155. y'all hey and welcome back to this week's episode of the sjs podcast happy sunday i hope that all is well with you and yours so what are we talking about today well today we got a special guest in the podcast chair and she is going to talk about her new book the joy of saying no it is my good friend and the woman who is responsible for getting me out of one of the most tragic terrible trifling ass situations Relationships I ever been in, Natalie Lou. She is a writer, artist, and author of five books, including Mr. Unavailable and The Fallback Girl, and recently published The Joy of Saying No. She helps people pleasers, perfectionists, and relationship strugglers reclaim themselves from their emotional baggage so that they can become more of who they really are. Her key topics include boundaries, emotional unavailability, and how to foster increased emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual well-being by breaking harmful and unhelpful patterns. Much of her work has been via her blog, Baggage Reclaim, which she started in 2005, and her podcast, The Baggage Reclaim Sessions, which has over 3 million downloads. Her work has been featured in various media, including The New York Times, NPR, BBC, Washington Post, Stylist, and USA Today. Y'all, I love me some Natalie. I found Natalie Honey when I was going through and I used to devour her um, blog. It's all about relationships. And we developed a friendship because I slid in her DM and was like, girl, how do I get out? And she guided me through a lot of that stuff. And the more I listened to her podcast, not, not only is she an expert at relationships, she's also uh, romantic relationships, so to speak. She's also just talking about how to relate to people in general. And as you all know, I am a recovering people pleaser. And so I thought it would be awesome to have her come back on the show. She was already on an episode all about situationships. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. But today she's going to talk about the joy of saying no. It is so hard for some of us to say those two letters because we have been taught you know, to be the good friend, the good daughter, the good student. And it's hard to say no when you are trying to live up to this this person that other people have made you out to be or who you think you are in your head. And what winds up happening is you get burned out, you get resentful and bitter. You feel like your life is in your own. Ask me how I know. Like I said, I'm a recovering people pleaser. And so Natalie's book has been out for about a month now and I had to have her come on the show to talk about people people pleasing, why we do it, how to stop, what are the signs of people pleasing, how we get caught up in it, and how to start setting up some boundaries so that you can learn to not only say no, but to say yes to the things you want. It's all about reclaiming your boundaries and like I said, saying yes to the type of life you want. So grab your popcorn, your mimosa, reheat that coffee for the 50 million time and get ready to listen to Natalie and I conversation about the joy of saying no and how it doesn't have to be as complicated as it 
feels, you know, like when you're finally bossing up and saying, you know what? I don't like that. I don't need that. I want something else in my life. I'm so excited about today's episode. So tune on in to our conversation with Natalie Liu. This is episode number 155, The Joy of Saying No with Natalie Liu. I, uh, I always say, if y'all hear me say Natalie Lou's name, go ahead and take a shot. I say your name so much in every episode. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. I know y'all tired of hearing it, but this is Natalie Lou, my big sister in my head, my relationship coach. The reason Kobe is here, she is in the building to talk to us about people pleasing. Hello, Natalie Lou. <laughs> Hello, Miss Jessica. <laughs> it's so good to be together and having yeah. this chat. <laughs> Y'all, we're going to cut dance. up. I know. Happy day. We're just dancing. <laughs> so, Natalie, I wanted to have you come on the show because your book just came out, The Joy of Saying No. I have a copy and it is riddled with like highlighters and pen marks. And I'm like writing in my journal and that you dropped so many gems about people pleasing that I was like, you got to come on and talk about it. Cause I know I'm not the only one that suffers. I have it real, real bad. The first question I have for you is why the hell do we people please? What is up with that? Cause we are trained to be this way. Like we're conditioned. When you think like you just had a baby last year, how many times you heard people talking either about your baby or about somebody else's baby? Oh, they're such a good baby. Oh, they're such a good baby. This is how we are in the world. We're good or we're bad. A baby is good because they sleep. But a baby is also good if they don't sleep. But this actually gives a clue as to why we, so many of us are people pleasers. We are socialized and conditioned into being pleasers. And all of us uh, experience it to a degree because we go to church and we're at school and we have family and we have people around us. And they all tell us what their idea is uh, about what constitutes quote unquote good. Mm -hmm. And we internalize these messages and they become part of what, what we think the rules are for being a good person, good daughter, good son, good something or other. But we also get a sense of what is bad. And something I talk about in the book is about how if you're not a child right now, then you were raised during the age of obedience. So that is where the communicating, the, the disciplining, the interacting of children really centered around making children as obedient as possible, like making them excessively obedient and making them obedient to authorities. Mm -hmm. And we are living the legacy of that because we have grown up really being disassociated from our bodies, you know, from how we feel, from what we truly think, from what we need, because it's all been about do as you're told, comply. So it is no wonder that we wake up as adults and we're exhausted at work or we're exhausted as a parent or we're exhausted in our relationships. We're so tolerating crumbs in some oh. crappy ass relationship. And we're like, but I just, I, I know I've been good. I know I've been a good girlfriend. I know I've been a good boyfriend. Why is this happening to me? We are socialized and conditioned into this. We are trained into this. If we think back about what we think is good and what we think is bad, then that will tell us where we have learned our people pleasing from. Oh, you hitting so you coming out the gate with the fire. I'm just thinking about <laughs> growing up in the church. Being a black woman, 
uh, being mm-hmm. a good student. It took my voice yeah. away, Natalie. And I, I hate to say that. Of course, I learned so many good things in church and in school and all that. But that pressure to be good made me silent. Like, I don't want to ruffle anybody's mm-hmm. feathers. I don't want anybody to be mad at me. I don't want anybody to think I'm bad. And it took so much unlearning to get to the point. And I'm just hitting the surface of being like, how do I feel who am I? Because I didn't know because mm-hmm. I was trying to be good. <laughs> and we, we are both the daughters of single mothers. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, and there's all sorts of factors as to, as to what contribute or what can contribute into being a people pleaser. But, you know, when, when you grow up and you, you feel this sense of responsibility about being uh, the child of a single parent, but you, you know, I, I don't ever remember not feeling guilty. Mm. I remember feeling guilty about missing my dad, about loving my dad, about enjoying his company when I mm. went to see him, about feeling excited about wanting to see him, about feeling so, so hurt and disappointed when he was late or he didn't bother to turn up. And then when I was with him, I would feel guilty that I was enjoying his time when actually my mom was back at home and he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing for us and for her. And, you know, I said, I felt guilty around her and felt guilty around it is exhausting. It really and, is. Yeah. We have a specifically as well, you know, if we go outside of that as, 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 as girls and then women, we are raised in a patriarchal system and we're two black women. So we have a whole lot of stuff on top of that because we internalize the message of you have to like do 10 times, a hundred times, a thousand times more than your non-black counterpart. Yep. Than your white counterpart. And these are messages that we are actually fed from our families, Mm -hmm. from school or church, because they are aware of, or or what they think they are aware of. They're like, this is what we need to teach you. So all of us have have various different experiences that contribute to why we're a people pleaser today. And it can be, if you have a sibling and they get a lot of attention on them for either positive or negative reasons, and that can teach us to be a people pleaser. You know, if maybe if your parent passes away, you might have felt like there's a level of responsibility or you have a sick parent or a sick somebody. So many. If, if people always praise you for being pretty or they always praise you for being clever or they always tell you, well, you're not that bright, but you're OK. So then you got to find other ways. To be pretty. Come on, man. It is no wonder we are all people pleasers. You know what? And um, we learn to lie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell <laughs> I was a while ago, I was going through this like season where I was like, just to tell the truth to yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know how like you 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 get to those points where you're like, what do I really want? What what's my next steps? And I had all the right answers, but even I knew like that's not the truth. It's when you people please for so long or have been um institutionalized or taught to be a good Christian, be a good black girl, da, da, da. you don't even know how to tell yourself the truth. Like it's so mm-hmm. deep. It, it goes really, really deep. Yeah. And, and you, people pleasing teaches you to tell people what you think they want to hear mm-hmm. or to present what you think is like the most successful or good or happy image. Like, whatever we think will please everybody else. And so it's not that we set out to be 
liars, mm-hmm. but we end up being dishonest because it's like, oh, what, what do you want to do? I want to do what you want to do. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. And it's like, oh, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Inside, you're crying. Mm-hmm. You're dying. You know, you and I have talked about our romantic relationships. How many times have we grimaced our way through a relationship and put up with all sorts of malarkey? And yet we're fuming and then we see this person and then we're all smiles because we don't want to be that girl. Oh, I'm, I'm not high, high maintenance. I'm not high drama. Oh. So we lie. And it, something I say in the book is that when we, um, our, our, our bodies need us to tell ourselves the truth. Mm-hmm. And when we start to be more honest with ourselves, then our, our body and mind can get in sync rather than start having all these, what feels like our body is out of control, that our lives are out of control. Once we start to tell ourselves the truth, then we can have a more healthy, loving relationship with ourselves and others. You know what, Natalie, when, um, when, when it comes time to telling the truth or I'm trying to stop people pleasing, I have like a visceral reaction. Like it feels like you said earlier, the guilt, like I'll start panicking. Like when it's time to tell somebody, actually, I don't want to see that movie or I don't like when you treat me like that. Or yes, I do want to spend Mm -hmm. some time alone. How do you like start to stop people pleasing? And I'm, you know, I have like this game plan, like ask Natalie list. We might be all over the place. You might get there later, but <laughs> people pleasing was so hard for me to stop doing physically because I was afraid that this person will stop loving me. They'll stop being like, it was always dire. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like, oh, th- they'll stop being my friend and I'll live happily ever after. It feels like I will die. <laughs> like, yeah, how? yeah, because, because. People pleasing for a hell of a lot of us has been survival. It has mm, been our mm. coping and survival mechanism. Mm. And it is also so intertwined with our identity. That's why you get people going, oh, you know, I'm a people pleaser, almost like a badge of honor. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm just like a really giving person, you know? Yeah, I'm exhausted, but that's just who I am. Mm. I'm just, I'm just generous, you know? But the reason why we feel like this, as I said, is that it is, survival it is coping and our body is so unfamiliar with what it is like for us to consider ourselves you know to consider our needs how we feel what we what we want what we expect what we're thinking that it sees that as a threat and something i talk about in the book is about how our body has recorded everything that we have have experienced in life and uh, over time we have amassed a significant number of files as such in the body that we associate with, ooh, saying yes, good, saying no, bad. Right. And so the body will send those signals in a situation where there's a potential for us to say no, we'll start getting those body signals, you know, guilt, anxiety, the tension, you know, stomach start feeling funny. You know, I had to send an email to somebody yesterday to say, actually, (laughs) uh, that basically expressing my unhappiness with something that they had had sent me to edit. And I was like, I I was like, oh my God, I have to be honest with this person and say that this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I don't really like it. And I found myself hesitating. I was like, it ain't that deep. Just send the email. Mm -hmm. If he wants Mm -hmm. to be bothered by it, then let him be bothered by it. Right. But what are you going to do? Sit here and try to do all this work for the person that's not actually your work? And so, you know, the things that I, I encourage people to look out for is 
to, to look at for either what you're thinking or what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Those, those are two particular places because, so, you know, like when somebody asks you to do something or can you, have you, will you? And outwardly you go, yeah, yeah, sure. Inwardly you go, I cannot believe that. <laughs> Don't they realize I am busy? Don't they realize I got a baby? Don't they realize that there's somebody else that could be? Those types of thoughts are letting you know that your people pleaser has been activated. And that mm-hmm. if you were to say yes, based on where you're at right now, you would be saying yes for the wrong reasons because you are acting different from how you feel inside. I talk also about the people pleaser feelings, which are guilt, resentment, anxiety, frustration, uh, feeling low, helpless, powerless, overloaded, overwhelmed. These are the people pleaser feelings. They're letting you know that somewhere along the way you have said yes, to something that has tipped you over your bandwidth, that even if for all intents and purposes, what you said yes to was a good thing, you've actually said yes for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to notice, oh, these feelings, and you know what? The reason why I give a few options for this is because some people have no clue how they feel. They are so shut off and they are so busy that they can't tell what they're feeling. They either know what they think is happy or angry or happy or sad. There's no, oh, I feel overwhelmed or or I feel resentful or whatever it is. So when you recognize those sensations of the guilt and your body is sending you a message, you are doing something for the wrong reasons here. Another thing then is also to look at your why. And I remember you talking about, I remember being on a dog walk last year and listening to one of your episodes. And I remember you were talking about somebody doing something for you that made you feel uncomfortable. It was an act technically of generosity from this person. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. The person kept buying you something. I can't remember what. Was it pastries or something? Or? Girl, she wanted me to eat. Uh, I don't like sweet breakfast. So it was like pancakes or something. And I ate yeah. it. And I was just like, I don't, I hate, I'm a savory, salty person. And she was just like, well, yeah. I, uh, I gave you this is a, a classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a classic example of people pleasing because in that I remember in that episode, and I remember walking with the dog going, Oh my god, tell it, Jessica. But <laughs> you you had the people pleaser feelings because of course you were you were doing something really as if you had no choice about mm-hmm. it. It's like it's expected of me. I have no choice here. I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. But then the thought process behind the scenes as well, like you were annoyed. Oh you felt kind of uh, manipulated by that person and closed in by that person. And so the other thing to look for, so we've got the thoughts, you know, that, that criticism, the feelings, but also look at your why. You know, um, use, use an example. I know that you've done, you know, sort of work with brands and stuff like that mm-hmm. or have people come to you and be like, oh, hey, you want to do this? And the thing is, it's so easy to talk yourself into doing something, but you've got to notice what's the thought process? Like the why here, specifically the why. And so people ask us, oh, hey, you want to do this talk? You want to do this? And in your head, you might be going, well, if I don't do this, then everybody's going to be talking about me. Uh And people are going to be thinking, why Jessica didn't turn around and do that? Is she crazy? She didn't turn around. Why isn't Jessica at this event? Maybe she's da-da-da-da-da. Those, that why is not a healthy why. If you're eating food, that you don't like or that you might <laughs> even be allergic to? Because I've heard people eating 
Uh, they're allergic to dairy or to wheat or to nuts, and they're actually trying to eat the stuff to avoid a, or they're drinking alcohol, but they don't actually drink alcohol. Mm. You know, they're eating something that they're not supposed Your why, look at the why. Well, I don't want to offend them. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to invite conflict. That's not a healthy why. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're saying yes, not because you want to, but because of what you're afraid is going to happen if you if you don't say it. And those three areas are a good jump off point for starting to recognize what's going on in your body and what's behind your yes. Because honestly, I get you, Jessica, like the whole like, it feels like Armageddon. It does. Kicking off. Mm -hmm. And you know what? What I do is I, when I get into that zone where I feel like that, because I get myself a bit worked up about something. I actually deliberately go and look out my window or open my front door. And I notice there are not, there's not bombs going off. It doesn't look <laughs> there's like no the fire. Whole world. There's no fire. The world hasn't come to an end, but it's also, you know, what we can do as well is check in with ourselves. What year am I in? Hmm. Where am oh. I? Who am I talking to? What's really going on here? Because we can have that feeling like the world is ending. But the reality is very different. And when we can bring ourselves back into our presence Hmm. and recognize what's going on, we can see where our old self, like when I have those feelings, that's probably like my five, six, seven-year-old me having a freak out. And that's because our subconscious that files all of this stuff is based in our early years, like in the distant past. So you know, I'm born 1977. So, you know, mine's hovering somewhere around the early 80s. And a lot of things have changed <laughs> since <Yeah>. then. <laughs> but my body does not seem to register. I mean, when you think about, you know, sometimes I, I'll give an example of this. Like I was in <laughs> I was in this ice cream place with my friend. It was a couple of summers ago. And we were queuing and it was during we weren't in lockdown, but as you know, when there was a lot of still a lot yeah. of regulations and stuff yep. like that. Mm-hmm. So we're in this ice cream place. And we were keeping an eye to see when a table became free. Next thing you know, these people get up. My friend had blatantly been standing there waiting. This woman skirts past her and squeezes into the seat. And my friend, without even missing a beat, turns around and says, hey, I was here first. I was waiting for that table. Jessica, no word of a lie. My (laughs) reaction, it was if I could have thrown myself (laughs) over the counter and ducked yeah I would that was my my instant it was like in my head I was throwing myself over the counter uh-huh. or you know like that that Homer Simpson gif where he reverses into for the bush yeah yeah <laughs> and I noticed this response in myself and I started to laugh like that is my kid self mm. who has seen and heard and experienced far too much stuff that she shouldn't have as a kid and sometimes felt absolutely terrified and terrorized yeah so it is no wonder that in what i deem to be a potential conflict situation i act like it's becoming a war zone but noticing these responses that i have without actually going and doing that thing has helped me to be gentler with myself and to still take the authentic self-supportive course of action how do you get to that point. So like for me, for instance, like you said, when somebody says, Hey, Jessica, can you do this automatically? Yes. 
how yeah. do you stop, you know, like, how do you sit on your hands, for lack of a better word, so that you can, it sounds like you observed yourself freaking out, took a minute and still could calm down. Like, it's like a process you go through. How do you yeah. get to the point where you can, you know, snap into that? Because it's an impulse. This, this, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? This recovering people pleaser thing is a is is a is a process and a journey. When when I started writing, you know, the joy of saying no has come out, and I am about seventeen years into my recovering people pleaser mm. journey, and it has been bumpy. Um, I have been tested, so I've been like a crash test dummy, doing a lot of trial and error with all of this stuff, but still, nonetheless, always moving forward, even if it didn't necessarily feel like it at that time. The thing about people pleasing is it is it is an automatic or almost automatic response. So when you start allowing you to be a bit more mindful, to notice what's going on in my body, or when you make an agreement with myself, I am not agreeing to Jack until I have gone and I have physically gone and looked at my calendar. I've looked at my overall week. I mean, I'm telling you what I have to do with myself because that is an area where I overcommit myself still in terms of, because I can be unrealistic with my time. And so I'm like, yeah. And and I genuinely want to do the thing. It's not even like I'm saying yes to something that I actually don't even want to do, but I'm unrealistic with my time. And so I've had to learn to say no to myself about these things and say, Natalie, like yesterday I was staring at my calendar, working out where do I have space this week and trying to leave myself lots of margins. So it is about going that little bit slower. Things that you can do when you start at the start of the day, and this can be a revelation for a lot of people. You can even do it at the end of the day as well. How am I doing today? Mm. A lot of people have no idea how they are doing. And in fact, what happens is lots of different things piss them off over the course of the day, the week. And because they don't actually stop and go, why am I pissed off? Or, oh, that thing really bothered me. What needs to shift here? It all builds up. And next thing you know, they're losing it with somebody. And they don't even know why they're losing it or why they're so overwhelmed. When you check in with yourself and ask that question, how am I doing today? You might be surprised by the answer. Yeah. And so it's those little things. It's that that taking a beat. It's registering. Oh, what was that feeling? Like, where does your people pleasing show up in your body? Like for me, I get a sensation sometimes. It feels like somebody is tightening up my stomach and it's like grabbing at my chest or something. And where I start to feel like that little bit of sort of anxiety sort of sensations. Uh, sometimes I get a flash of like irritation and I notice those feelings and I go, hmm, so you have to be willing to start noticing yourself. Notice your schedule. Notice how you are spending your bandwidth. So something I talk about in the book is the first step in this is getting to know your pleaser because everybody's pleasing. Yeah, there's crossovers for sure, but it shows up in different ways. And so you spend a week getting to know your pleaser, just observing how you spend your yes, no, and maybe because it wakes you up mm-hmm. to where the people pleasing in, is in your life. Who's getting on your last nerves? Who, when you see their name pop up on your phone or in your email, are you like, oh my gosh, who's in your people pleasing entourage? You know, so these hanger ons mm. and they just are benefiting from you not having great oh. boundaries. So pay attention to, like, look at your schedule look at what are you committed to? Because then 
you can start to see where you can start saying no. And you don't need to try and say no to everything. You just need to start somewhere. Right. Because that's what I did with this. You think you think I started out on day one going to my mama and saying, no, you must be kidding me. I wouldn't even be alive today. Okay. So I didn't even start with that. Instead, it was like, you, you don't need to go and start with some big ass thing and then scare the crap out of yourself. Like it's looking at, okay, now that I spent a week observing how I spend my yes, no, and maybe what's something I can pick out of here? Where can I see the hot spots of what is of what is set me off and work it from there? Like, don't remember, this is something that you have been doing in various forms for most of your life. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to try and quote unquote, fix it all in one day or think, oh, well, I'll just say no to like everything. What? And then freak yourself out and, and feel like a whole <laughs> lot of troubles coming into your life. No. Right. Because it's also about saying yes to some things too. Like we think it's all about the no's, but it's also saying like, yes, I'm available to take good care of my damn self or yes, I want to be open to, you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily dropping the guillotine and no forever. It's also just like, what do you want to open yourself up to now? You know what I mean? Amen. Like this is something I emphasize because a lot of people are like, oh, boundaries are just about saying no. No, no, no. Boundaries are as much about yes as they are about no. Mm-hmm. When somebody asks you what your name is and you turn around and say it's Jessica, if they turn around and say, Oh, hey, Jeremy. Wait a minute. <laughs> it just overstepped your boundary there. Because mm-hmm. when everything that you communicate about yourself, whether verbally or through your actions or through what you don't do or through what you don't say, it's all a communication of your boundaries. Yeah. You are your boundaries. Your needs are your boundaries, your expectations, your desires, your feelings and your opinions. And if you don't live by who you are, you're breaching your boundaries. You're breaching yourself. So the more that you strive to be honest with your yes and your no is the healthier boundaries that you have with people. Stop trying to feel other people's feelings. Stop trying to take care of their lives. Like stop seeing yourself as like, oh, I'm the linchpin. And if I don't say yes to everything, everybody's going to fall apart. Mm -mm. You need to check yourself about this. Why do you think that you've always got to be the one that volunteers? It always has to be best. No, you don't. You are more than the things that you think people value you for. You don't have to be, you don't need to be needed. You don't need to be valued mm. for what you can do for others. Natalie, you stepping on my toes. And it's in your book where you talk about the gooder, the avoider, the sufferer. I, I was a sufferer, like, oh my gosh, I can see. And I think it comes from single mom, everything. My mom had a bad day, like, or like, let me try it. I I do that a lot. And recently I've been like, Jessica, you cannot anticipate the needs of others. I will always be trying to scope people out. Like, how are they feeling? So I Mm -hmm. can be the chameleon, you know, being that chameleon, right. Hypervigilance. So I can change for them. I, you know how you could kind of sense that person might have an attitude or they might be mad at me. I've dropped that. Yeah. Like I can't until somebody says, Jessica, you piss me off. I can't, that's not my job anymore. I gave it up. Testify. And that's so uncomfortable, but I take it. To I the just church. can't, I can't do it anymore. We haven't got time to be mind reading. Mm-mm. Wait, listen, if you're mad at me, if you're pissed off at me, please go ahead. But if you think I'm going to make up a whole story in my head, because oh. often a lot of the time we're just making it up. I, I seen people fall out over, oh, I saw you make a face. Huh? I wasn't annoyed with you about that. Now you're just going to spend your whole week or however long being annoyed with this person. But it's also, this comes from our childhoods where we had this over-responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I've had to really pull back from that because each time we try to do this stuff, it makes us a kid again. 
And we violate our own boundaries, but we also violate other people's boundaries as well. We don't need to psychoanalyze people. A lot of the time we're like, oh, well, I could be boundary there, but she has a bad childhood. Or I know she's going through some things at the moment. Stop psychoanalyzing people. You don't cherry pick and pick and oh, I can be boundary with this person, but I can't be boundary with them because I know this thing. No, Mm -hmm. that's got nothing to do with boundaries our boundaries and you don't need to be getting up in people's business to pick and choose how you want to be branded with them yeah absolutely and you know you mentioned um the styles of of people pleasing Mm -hmm. you know and there were five styles so gooding efforting saving avoiding and suffering so that the names really tell you about really what you're doing you know being good using efforts helping you know saving rescuing others avoiding and avoiding means like avoiding anything that you think will make somebody else uncomfortable even if it will put you into deep pain urgent need so it can be simply like oh i'm never going to tell anybody what i really think and feel because like you know i don't want to lose anybody but i i don't want to mm-hmm. I, I want to ever bring up the thing that anybody is anybody's uncomfortable with and you talk about suffering and that's like people who believe Hey, the more you suffer, the better you are. The, 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 that yeah. suffering makes you a good person. And, and sometimes that's just the way that you're, you're reared, like how you're raised. And sometimes that comes from you were previously gooding, efforting, saving or whatever. And you've gone into that sort of dire straits type of thing, like where it's like, yeah, I used to put a lot of effort into things, but like now I've kind of gone into suffering because I'm in deep pain over my people pleasing. And it also, you know, these styles of people pleasing tell us about what we're driven by as well, what we're motivated yeah. by. You know, I'm an efforter. That doesn't mean that I, I haven't dabbled with the other, you know, I have it has also been important for me to be good, but efforting is where it is at for me because I am somebody yeah. that has believed that the more effort that you put into something is the more likely it is that you will get what you want, but it will also prove that you are good in whatever form. And by God, that has been a rod for my back. And I exhaust <laughs> myself with perfectionism, but it's also meant that I stayed in crappy romantic relationships long past their sub-by date because I'm like, well, I'm here putting effort into it. So hopefully at some point they're going to pick me. And no. Can't do it anymore. And everybody who's listened to this, you will find that as time goes on, it gets harder and harder and harder to continue with these habits because you are not supposed to continue with these habits. They're maladaptive. They're coping and survival for, for childhood, but in adulthood, you are not supposed to continue on with these. So it does become harder over time because you're supposed to be yourself. You know, it's funny you say that. Me and my best friend, Tequila, were talking about having friendship fatigue. And Tequila's a boisterous, like, attract, like, she attracts so many people. People want to be her friend and she wants to be everybody else's friends. And she was just telling me how tired she was. And I was like, you don't have friendship fatigue. You are done people pleasing because mm-hmm. she's the type. If, if your mo- girl, your mama could past and she don't even know you she will be at the funeral today Ooh. rubbing your back uh hugging you know, it's, it's very valiant 
things. Yeah. But I see it. It's just like, to, you are people. Please, and I can recognize a people pleaser. Yeah, you we know, can recognize from 50 paces. You can recognize it. Amount, and she, you know, she keeps hitting these walls with these new friendships. She moved to a new town, new state. And she's trying to be her, you know, she's an efforter, gooder. I see it clear as day. And, and she keeps hitting a wall. And she's like, I'm tired. It's like, because that's not the true you. That's who you've been taught to be. And you've been yeah. rewarded for it. You are a good friend. And, but you're tired. You know what I'm saying? Like, she'll be like, girl, I yeah. got to do X, Y, and Z for this person. But if you peel it back, she's really saying, I'm tired as hell. I'm tired of everybody depending on me, but I want to show up as a good friend. And I do yeah. it. I can only recognize it because that was me. But prime example, I just got engaged and my friends were like, hey, you want to come over and get a bunch of magazines and help you plan a wedding? Before Boo proposed to me on Christmas Eve, I had like 10 people stand at our house since December 17th, the last Lord person didn't leave to like January 6th, okay? Mm. I was just like, immediately I got those people pleasing feelings. Like I'm anxious. Mm. I'm it was just like, Jessica, you're excited about the wedding and all of that, but you don't want to be around people right now. And mm. I had to tell them that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just tired and that's okay. Did World War, like you said, World War III didn't go off, but it was still a hard conversation to have, and I'm willing to have those conversations because I can't operate like that anymore. I'm tired. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just can't. Yeah. It's and the maladaptive, is, like you said. Yeah. Old me would have been like, sure, come over. I'll, it's like, I, no, no. But like 10 people in your, I mean, listen, I cried just hearing you describe yes. that because <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I like, I love my friends. I love my family. Mm-hmm. And also, I can only cope with so much. Oh. And then I need, I, I become overstimulated. And you know, hosting is a lot of bouncing around, cleaning, tidying, cooking, moving things around. I, I remember having people coming over when we just had the babies. And it's like, oh. how am I cooking, cleaning, making tea and carrying on when I'm dragging around my C-section self? Stress, but you, you're trying to be a hostess. Hostess with the most S, like, come on, man. And us really recognizing our people pleasing is also about wanting to have more intimate relationships with ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. Because most people, unless they're shady as hell, don't want us to lie to them. They would right. actually prefer to know where they stand and they wouldn't want us doing things because we felt forced, because we felt guilty, because we felt obliged, or because we feared that they would do something terrible to us if we didn't turn around and say yes. And I know that there will be people listening to this conversation and like, yeah, but you don't even know my situation. I'm scared. I get it, right? I get it that Mm -hmm. there can be this fear of like, who am I going to be if I don't people please? Because There is a part of us that is very over-identified with this. I am very over-identified with effort. That is a work in progress for me. Mm -hmm. And I am also, to an extent, over-identified with being the good something, you know, good daughter, good blah, 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 blah. And I have to really look at what does that mean? And can I do that without there being people-pleasing in it? Our, uh, when we cut back on people pleasing, it is about us no longer misappropriating our good qualities. We can be kind and loving Ooh, and generous and good. thoughtful and conscientious without harming ourselves, without lying. 
There are people who do things for others, who stay behind at work sometimes, who volunteer, and they do it with boundaries. They don't do it mm-hmm. because they their self-worth is tied up in saying yes. They don't do it because they're afraid. We are the ones, as the people pleasers, who have to look at our why and make our why into something more healthy, something that serves who we are as a person. You know, my mom, uh, you know, she, after my father passed away, it was coming up to six years now. And around that time, she found church. My mom was dabbled in church like all my, all my childhood, but this time she actually stayed with church. Okay. Um, but, you know, there was a guy at church. He was pestering her. As a, and she was like, it's really annoying. I, I, I don't know what to say to him, but I can't say something to him because, you know, I'm a good Christian. What are you talking what? about? Right. Where does mm-hmm. it say that as a good Christian that you have to accept texts, from, suggestive texts from somebody who you never told them that they could be messaging you directly? And you told them, goodness knows how many times that you're not interested. She spent months, months avoiding this conversation to the point where she then started avoiding going to church and avoiding going to choir practice. Mm. She and 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 she loved these things. And she kept afford I was like, mom, you need to know I'm a good Christian. So over-identifying with this good idea or something. And then she finally had enough. And you are going to die when I tell you this. <laughs> so she finally has had enough. And, you know, he, he saw sauntering around the place and she's like, um, look, I feel like I need to say to you, I, I'm not interested in you romantically. And, uh, okay. you know, if we're going to message... Like, I prefer to be within the group. I just want to be friends, but I'm just not interested in that way. And, and look, can we just, you know, draw a line under this? And he was, he went like this, baby, I'm not trying to go out with you. I'm just trying oh. to, yeah, I'm just trying to F you. Girl, what? Yes. She had spent months avoiding. Mama? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, older what? than her as well. She's in her sixties, older than her as well. And, and the thing is, I burst out laughing when she said it to me. And then she started laughing as well. And I said, so look what you've done. You avoided this conversation for months on end, only for this guy to turn around and tell you, yeah, that's okay. I was just trying to like screw you anyway. What the heck? But I feel like that is a metaphor for how a lot of Mm -hmm. us get ourselves into problems, build it up in our heads. It can be terrible. They're going to react. I have had to have some very awkward conversations over the years. And some of them have not gone too well. But you know what? All of them have led or contributed to my liberation because I was better off mm. honest than I was better than being a liar. I was better off yeah. honest than being in this crappy situation. Also because no human on the planet, is, we're not entitled to anybody having a good reaction to us. Mm. What we want to do is wow. be like, oh, hey, everybody, yeah. these are my new boundaries. I'm not a people pleaser anymore. I'm saying no to this. And everybody <laughs> goes, oh, thank you yeah. so much, honey, for telling me your boundaries. And thank you for telling me what you don't like about this thing. I am so grateful. <laughs> what planet are we living on? We are born in the same planet. We all have an unhealthy relationship with here and no. So why are we surprised when people get all bent out of shape? It doesn't mean that our no or our limits or whatever it is aren't legitimate, but people have their baggage. So we've got to start taking people's right. reactions personally. And when people, like you start to see somebody's reacting a certain way, you don't have to jump in. Oh, never mind, never mind. Yes, 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 yes. No, no, no. Just leave it be. Because let people sit with their own feelings. Your yes is not going to make anything Ooh. better. 
Right. Oh, that's that's been the biggest battle is just letting people have their baggage and let me have mine. Like, yeah. like we said earlier, if you have a bone to pick with me and you don't say anything about it, I can't do anything. You know, like I can't forecast or foreshadow. Like you just have to back away because that was my big ride with people pleasing. It's like, let me just try to predict. And you can't. I like what you said. Like, I'm not entitled to have a good reaction for people or have people think I'm good. It's just like none of my business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's where I'm at. And the thing is, it's like, cause sometimes people say no to you and, and the, and the no is legitimate, but you still feel some kind of way about it because you're human and you get disappointed. No, you, like you don't want people to like to lash out at you or whatever it might be, but right. it, it tells you about their relationship with no, not about the legitimacy of your mm. no, about the legitimacy of your boundaries. Like people have a problem with all, you don't have to go on the internet to see how much problems people have with things that realistically it's like, come on, man, take a day off. <laughs> you know? It's not that deep. right? It, it ain't that <laughs> deep. Like, come on, man. And so we just need to give ourselves a bit of, a, a, a bit of grace here and others, a bit of grace and, and realize like, you know, you know, when you're talking about like trying to predict how other people might feel, sometimes what cre- creeps into that as well, you know, like when you start to think, have I, have I done something wrong? Some people, mm-hmm. some person mad at me. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you've gone into overdrive. Oh, hey, I just baked you a tray full of cookies. Oh, hey, I bought you this gift. Oh, hey, yeah. you need to notice that stuff. That is anxiety. That is not friendship. Mm-hmm. That is not love. That is anxiety. You're trying to do something pleasing in the hopes of warding off criticism or conflict or whatever it is. And that again, goes back to knowing your why. And we have, once we start to notice this in ourselves, you know, I talk about like sitting alongside ourselves and it's quite interesting when, you know, when guilt or whatever it is shows up and I'm like, Oh, hello. Hello, my old friend guilt. <laughs> good to Fancy see you fi- again. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you again. Fancy finding you here. Surprise, surprise. But actually, when, when we can notice it and sort of sit alongside it, we start to notice this relationship that we have with this emotion and, and where it, it, it shows up. And also as well, you know, speaking of guilt, for instance, and I remember talking to somebody and I'm saying that they, they do things because, you know, I feel bad if I didn't do this for my mom, even though the mom clearly did not want him to do this stuff. And I said, mm-hmm. guilt is not the same as love. Every time you do things from this place of guilt, it's like, I guilt you so much. I guilt you so much. Not, I love you right. so much. I guilt you so much. Or you, or you do it from a place of, you know, obligation. I oblige you so much. I oblige you so much. Know the difference. And I, right. I think that when we, it, it is really about this practice of mindfulness. Like Jessica, you know, and I was saying this to you before we came on, like in the time I've known you, I have watched you evolve. That has come <laughs> from you having a more connected, intimate, mindful relationship with yourself. You are already on this journey of being a recovering people pleaser. The things that you say yes to now are very different to what you did a year ago, a year before that. It is an evolution. You do not have to have it all down pat now. Believe me when I say I don't have it all down pat now. But when I think about where I am versus last year, versus five, 10, 15, progress a lot of progress imagine what life might be like if you hadn't made that progress oh you know misery yeah yeah but you know I I we joke about it but I do owe a lot of that evolution to you 
you are one of the biggest tools that God blessed me with. Your teachings about you always say love, care, trust, and respect is like the foundation of relationships. But I took that as I need that for the relationship I have with myself. Amen. I told you once my my therapist, she told me I had self-worth, low self-worth. And I was like, what? But it was her and you kind of melting together and just like really studying your podcast and going to your blog where I was just like, those light bulbs started to go off. Like, I don't have to live like this. There's more to life. I deserve more than just passing out yeses <laughs> all willy nilly and my needs aren't being met. So like, you know, I, I tell Natalie all the time, like Kobe and Will, none of this would be here without her, but oh. I, I really mean it. You have the, the key to me to getting over people pleasing is like, it's a muscle that you have to work out. So yes. it's in reading books, like the joy of saying no, it's in listening to the baggage reclaim. Like you have to kind of like brainwash yourself with the new stuff. Cause like you said, this is like in your book, you said it's like a police room that has all these files from yeah. the days, you know, all this evidence of why you should say, be a good girl and why you should. And it takes years to unlearn it. And I'm grateful that you wrote the joy of saying, no, I, I can't kid you not, I'm just taking it slow and really trying to learn through it, but it's a progress. And like you said, it's not going to happen overnight today, but if you can start feeling those little tingles in your body, like that didn't feel right. Or it's like you said, sit with your guilt and have a conversation with her. Then you'll start to turn that new leaf. But I really do owe a lot of that to you, Natalie. Um, but I just wanted to tell the audience, like, it's a work in progress. You might have to start going to therapy. Like this book has me for the efforting section. It's like, oh, I'm paying for stuff from back in my childhood. You know, like you, you really, it's it's pretty deep. You have to like kind of start doing those spiritual practices, meditating, reading and all that to start uncovering it. It takes a minute, but eventually you'll get better day by day, you know? Yeah. And you know, I mean, Jessica, you know, I love you. And, you. <laughs> and uh, you know, from the moment like I came across you on a, I think it was on the Being Boss podcast, I was like, oh yeah, I have to, I have to connect with this woman. I have to get to know her. And because I, on that episode, you were talking about failure and, and getting back up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I was fascinated by your attitude to that because I would sometimes mm-hmm. take things far too personally and and yeah. put myself into a lot of pressure and I feel so blessed to know you and also uh, let's be clear and and everybody's testament a testimony of 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 how things evolve and, and progress is different but let's be clear here as well that you know when you're talking about progress and it takes time also recognize that when you are willing to be that little bit more honest of yourself, taking it bit by bit, day by day, step by step. And you start to get into that more honest relationship with yourself and you start to say yes more authentically and you learn to say no. As a work in progress, you start to have or to be doing have the things that you need, desire and deserve in your life now. You don't have to wait for your people pleasing to be all gone before right. you meet somebody that you want to have a relationship with or you have children or you go for the job you want to go for or you go and set up the business or you whatever it is because everybody's idea of what they want to do looks different you can do all of that stuff now yeah as you 
are working for yourself because we all have emotional baggage and we will all be unlearning this stuff in different ways throughout our life. There'll be periods where it's more intense. It was more intense for me uh, at the beginning, a few years in, and then and then it'd be kind of all right. Then another few years, different phases bring out different aspects yeah. of it. But know that as soon as you start reclaiming yourself from these fake house yeses that we have all been trained into from this people pleasing as soon as you take a step towards that life opens up for you you are testament to that i am, I am. testament to that i've seen yeah. many others do it you know it's, we're not anomalies here Mm-mm. but you gotta find your honest yes and your honest no you gotta know your limits you gotta know your no yeah. you gotta allow you to start to know yourself and not be scared of yourself. I, I think I was just so scared. Like, who will I be if I stop? How will I make friends if I don't people? Put, who am I still a Christian? You know, like all these things I identify myself with. And it was like, you could still be all those things, yeah. but also have boundaries and likes and desires and wants and need. Like yeah. it was all about squashing myself down somewhere along the line. I got the message that that was, that's how you yeah. do good. Like through the suffering, like be a peon and smart. And it's just like, no, yeah. God Playing it small. to be small. Yeah. yeah. Like what that does it? And it's like, who will you be without this people pleasing you? You will be you. You, you will be <laughs> you yourself. Will be fine. That is exactly who and you will I be. Think you'll... <sighs> You'll start attracting better people, better situation. You know what I mean? Well, I will say this. I still get tested, like you said. Like Perfect. there are still some lingering, you know, like I'm like, oh, this person is test number two to see if I say no. But I feel like <laughs> I have stepped up in the quality of my friendships and with the quality of the relationship with myself, to be honest, you know? Totally, totally. I have that too. Like this is life is on the job training. And, (laughs) you know, we sometimes like, I got this now. I know everything. And the universe, life goes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We'll see about that. (laughs) Oh, you think you know it all? Let me see what I got for you today. So, you know, if you can have a bit of a sense of humor about this, I do think that that actually plays a role in this as well. That once you start to see this baggage that we're carrying around, that is our people pleasing, that you can actually be like, oh. You know, now I can have more of a sense of humor about it because I realized how much lies I was telling myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I could talk to you for hours. Like we have Always. to do a five hour long episode. <laughs> Tell us um, <laughs> more about your book, where we could get it. If people want to stay in touch with you, what do we do? The Joy of Saying No, A Simple Plan to Stop People Pleasing, Reclaim Boundaries, and Say Yes to the Life You Want is out now. So you can buy it at your favorite bookseller. And it's available in audiobook, hardback, and ebook, you know, like Kindle format. And you can find me at natalielu.com. And I'm also on Instagram as at natlu. That's N-A-T-L-U-E. And of course, you know, you've got my my podcast which is the baggage reclaim sessions and the blog they're all out there too baggage reclaim all of that but yeah those are the main spots to find me and please yeah please go buy my book (laughs) (laughs) buy the book now buy now buy this so much we appreciate you 
Well, y'all, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out on Sunday with me and Natalie. I hope that you had as much as a good time as we did. And hopefully this week will be the beginning of your journey to no more people pleasing. I pray to, to goodness that it gets easier for you as each day goes on. Now, we talked about a lot in today's episode. If we mentioned something and you didn't get a chance to jot it down, do not worry. I got your back. Just go to today's episode. It's on the sundayjumpstart.com. Click on episode number 155. And that's where you can get your hand on Natalie's book and her Instagram and all that jazz. Listen, if you could do me a huge favor and leave a five-star rate and review over on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, maybe leave your name and tell me a, a quote that you that resonated with you in today's episode or something that you've been vibing with, let us know over on the uh, rating system. It really does help get our make-ish happen message out there to other go-getters. If you want to hang out with me outside of just the podcast, be sure to follow over on Instagram. The handle is at the Sunday Jumpstart. Not .com. I was going to say .com. It's just at the Sunday Jumpstart. Y'all, I love you so much. I am rooting for you and praying for you. I'll be back here this Sunday with another full-length episode and this Wednesday with a quick tip. That's our 5 to 10-minute episode that helps you finish the week strong. All right, y'all. Until then, be strong, stay encouraged, and I'll see you soon. Bye.